hello welcome back to the glove podcast we are back with another episode i believe this is episode 26 it's 26 amazing conversations with pretty amazing guests and today's guest i'm looking forward to it i had to cut i had to cut the conversation short because i wanted to make sure that i was getting um all of the awesome thoughts that uh he has to share on some things so uh without further ado Welcome in Julian to the podcast. Julian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really, um, it's great to be here. So uh, my name is Julian. Uh, I lead uh, a group of companies, a network of companies. Um, I'm building a network of companies in the, what we're calling the uh, a virtually intelligent value exchange network space. Uh, and uh, we can get into that a little bit as we go into this call. So we're big into virtually intelligent value exchange networks. And right now, we also have a few projects uh, on the go to kind of create access for people or access points uh, for people to access our, our network as it's in its really in its inception. It's been being developed for many, many, many years um, as a conversational construct. And now it's kind of coming to life bit by bit. And the 2020s, this decade will be the uh, developmental time to kind of put it all online and uh, make it all operational. What else can I say about myself? I, uh, I met Gab G. How do I, what do I call you? G, I love it. I love that you call me G. I mean, like not a lot of people refer to me as that. And, and it reminds me of the kind of, uh, you know, in my early 20s, that's kind of what people called me. And for me, it's a nice, it's a nice throwback. So please call me G as, as much as you'd like. All right, sweet. I love that. Yeah, okay. So I think we, we met at a uh, an event. We used to have events where people used to in the past, I don't know if you remember, but they used to come together physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, long, now, long ago. Yeah, we we now call them the good old days. <laughs> um, stories I'll get to tell my grandchildren, you know. Uh, and uh, you know, I know you did one of our training programs. We were working on uh, life mission kind of things back in, I think, 2014, 2015, around there, maybe 2016, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and uh, so a huge part of my work is uh, essentially it's an intersection between brain development, personal development, and business development. And um, so my work is in the domain of kind of connecting those three developmental areas and then applying that to owners of businesses who uh, are uh, wanting to create a much bigger impact uh, but don't have the, uh, let's call it foundation sometimes, or sometimes they may have the foundation, but don't have them built a skyscraper on top of it. And uh, so we work with people who are up to big things. I like to say that I, uh, you know, if you're already great at what you do, we will enhance that and make it even greater. And um Elite programs, uh, so the programs I lead now are mostly in the business domain and in the brain development domain. So mm-hmm. in a few weeks, I'm, I'll be leading our flagship program, the business executive training. And 
in the brain development domain, uh, we have a community com community online called uh, Breath Activators, which offers uh, essentially a, a brain development uh, structure designed for mental stability, um, de-stressing, and and kind of um, having better or far more improved control over one's uh, brain and and how it operates for you. So that's a little bit about me. Is there anything else you'd like to ask me or would like to know? No, I think that was awesome. That was a great introduction. And there's so much there uh, to unpack. There's so many things to talk about there. Uh, but uh, I, I, I would love to ask you uh, one question um, around the brain. Do you, uh, wait, like, what is your definition of consciousness as it pertains to the brain? Um, well, so consciousness would be awareness of how things operate mm -hmm. and uh, the brain. So then it would be like, you know, awareness of how your brain operates. So being conscious of how your brain operates uh, would be you being conscious about that. Mm -hmm. And do you think the brain produces that consciousness or awareness, or is there something else that's producing that awareness? No, the brain is basically uh, there. And unless you are conscious of how to turn it on and how to train it correctly, it will simply do whatever you designed it to do when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. So for most of us, uh, our brain is simply a function of the design capabilities of a kid. And in yeah. this day and age, uh, you know, you can uh, upgrade your level of your conscious level of awareness of how the human brain works. Now, internally, you know, it's very complex, right? Uh, however, the operation of learning how to train your brain externally, in other words, with uh, simple movement or utilizing breath sequences uh, in a structured format is actually quite simple. So, mm -hmm. you know, so simple activity trains the brain. So once you have a brain that does more of what you want it to do, uh, then uh, it's much easier to accomplish one's goals particularly because in the subconscious settings uh, of your brain, there's rule sets that you've built when you were a child that you heard out of conversations, you know, pe people saying things. And that ended up becoming part of your, uh, uh, let's call it an operating system. Mm -hmm. And um, what's interesting about that is when you start to give, you know, like add conscious new actions that update that programming, uh, you can yield much greater results with mm -hmm. over time with much less effort, particularly because your subconscious processes about 110 million bits of data per second. Mm hmm. Your conscious processes is about 50 bits per second. 
So it's a significant reservoir of processing power that exists there. I mean, can mm. you imagine uh, having to consciously think about the 75 trillion cells and all the transactions those 75 trillion cells have to do within your physical being moment by moment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be overwhelming. <laughs> that would be impossible. <laughs> right? And, and the, the thing is, you know, you know, so not only overwhelming, but, you know, it, it's, it, you, you basically have the equivalent of a seizure, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have 2.2 million times more processing power available to you, and then you can design rule sets for how that operates for you, given, mm -hmm. you know, your goals and what you're up to, what we've discovered is that, is that that's uh, very useful to have. And uh, if you're interested in having a, a qualitative shift, you know, in your experience, um, and, you know, we like to say that you kind of get your backdoor access or a remote control to the operating system. And, mm -hmm. and through that access, you know, you can reprogram it. And, and that's really great, especially if you're, an owner of a business who has a big game to play, you know, that um, that requires an ever-increasing amount of processing power, ever-increasing amount of uh, adaptability, and of course, you know, learning. And fundamentally with the brain, it's unlimited. There is an unlimited amount of networks that you can build. There's an unlimited depth that you can reach and it simply keeps going. It keeps unpacking uh, like an executable file. And, you know, uh, it's quite, quite the enjoyable experience, to be honest, once you mm -hmm. have a stable, grounded structure. Um, and it doesn't even require that much time. But the secret, though, is uh, consistency, you know, things being done consistently over time so that, you know, you can really harness the power of momentum. Mm hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the way to instruct the brain, um, you know, give it new instructions or these new rule sets, um, particularly the subconscious, uh, you know, settings th that's done through specific um, actions like movement or specific breath sequences or maybe um, some sort of writing or journaling. And if so, and, and feel free to correct me, if so, are some of those more effective in, in ensuring that the instructions are actually carried through and, and communicated to the brain? Or are they only as effective um, as, you know, as a group? If you do all of those things combined, that's when you really have uh, an effective strategy for communicating to your brain. Very good. Yeah. So it's an excellent question. So what you're asking me is, you know, is it more more effective, like are they more powerful as a group or are they, you know, independently, you know, or like a interdependence that gets created? So mm -hmm. the answer is it's both. Uh, you know, you... Um, now, the movement part that you mentioned mm -hmm. is quite extraordinary when, when it comes to reprogramming your brain. Every mm. person has a different, you can think, of a, you can think about it like uh, there's a science called biometrics, 
behavioral mm-hmm. biometrics. Biometrics is the science that separates you from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you went to, um, you know, if, if if you went to an airport recently and uh, you walked through one of those scanners, uh, a lot of those scanners they they do a biometric walking gait test. In other words, they they track uh, your physical movement as you're as you're walking, and mm-hmm. your individual walking gait is so unique to you that nobody else in the world has it. Like like your fingerprint, you know, in the history of humanity, your fingerprint is so unique. No one else has had your fingerprint. That's pretty extraordinary when it comes to, you know, uh, really connecting with how unique we are as individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so biometrics is a science of separating you from everybody else through understanding one's physical movements. And um, so when it comes to the movements, capturing those movements, um, and uh, assigning new rule sets, it really depends on, you know, how your current operating system is structured. So what works for one person with one operating system may not necessarily work for another person with a different operating system. Mm. My mentor in this area has been working on, on that system for 55 years. And, and, and so they have identified very specific movements that deliberately reprogram the subconscious through the act of writing. Now, Mm. what's unique about writing is that it's a form of movement and the pathway, the mental pathways in the brain reflect your movements. So your movements reflect the mental and emotional pathway. Your brain actually uses the same set of pathways that to that reflect your physical movements. So you can essentially, through altering your physical movements very deliberately and very specifically, rewrite your mental pathways. So for example, you may be somebody that is always late. You've always been late, you know, no matter what training program you've done it, it's con- you're just late that's because mm-hmm. the that's in your subconscious are designed to have you be late and that's how it's built and no matter how hard you try you know your brain is simply operating from that instruction when you start correcting the movement and you're you have you know with practice of course and you have a structure to do that every day over time you'll notice that the uh, the impact of that is uh, quite astonishing because all of a sudden, as you reverse engineer that process so through the movement, you know, you alter how you you write certain words or letters, uh, you can turn on a completely different uh, parameter or rule set for your subconscious, yielding completely different set of results, which, which is fantastic, you know, because that means in today's world, we have something that previous generations didn't have access to. Uh, and that's uh, an mm-hmm. everything number of people having the, uh, the opportunity, if they so choose, to, to really live, uh, to really update, you know, and upgrade their, their operating system for whatever age they are now. You know, when you mm-hmm. were as a kid, it was kind of like, 
I don't know, you just did what you did and you just kind of design it to wherever you designed it. You know, just kind of go out and you're like, ah, right? <laughs> and, and whatever happens, happens. Um, but once you're an adult and you add conscious awareness to how you want to design your neural networks and how you want to design those pathways, uh, a completely unlimited, there's an unlimited space. You can mm -hmm. solve problems that no one else has solved ever before. You, you can um, take on things that would seem impossible, uh, but simply because you've kind of created a certain way that your brain operates, those things are no longer impossible. In fact, they, they just seem doable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that's awesome. yeah, yeah. So, that's, so hopefully that answers your question. Oh, absolutely, it absolutely does. And and now I'm curious. So if we if we zoom out a bit, because now we've been talking about the brain and the sort of network that's there, and and you know we can if we so choose, we can upgrade, we can update that network, we can take an active sort of um, take an active role in what that network is capable of and, and what it produces. Mm -hmm. Now, so let's zoom out. Do you view, you know, your life and the kinds of things that you are sort of uh, working on, like these different businesses that you're working on and the, what you mentioned, you know, the 20, 2020 20s will be, um, will be, you know, the developmental kind of stage for building out a lot of these things and, and bringing them online. Would you consider all of that um, a, a network that's an extension of, you know, your network that is, you know, your brain and, and you as a person, as an individual? Exactly. I would definitely consider that as an extension uh, of who I am as an individual, as a single body. And I, I in fact, I talk about it that way. It is, it is the def it's an extension of who I am out in the world expressed through an organizational system. Mm -hmm. And that's a really beautiful, I, I mean, I think that's a really beautiful perspective um, because now you, you can apply all of the strategies and tools and, and, you know, um, methods that you use to, um, to navigate and, and influence and, and manage your brain and, and guide it. You can apply all of that externally to the, the, the things that you build out and the networks that you build out in the world. Um, and that's a really cool thing. And then you can kind of compare the, the results that you have on either end and whether or not some strategies work better externally. Um, do you mm -hmm. find that the strategies that you use for, um, you know, affecting your own brain um, are very much run parallel to the strategies that you use for building a network externally? Or do you find that, you know, at its core, maybe they're similar and there are some differences? Like, what, what is that like for you? How do you how do you take all of that knowledge and tool set, um, you know, with regards to your own brain and then translate that into effectively, you know, building out external networks? Right. Mm, it's a very good question. So, well, imagine that, you know, you are Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, you're, you're a dude in Austria 
and and you know and then you get to be someone who uh, wins the uh, bodybuilding you know world I don't know exactly what it's called but you know the bodybuilding uh, yeah competition uh, become an incredible movie star and uh, and then become the governor of California <laughs> you know I mean when you think about his brain um, there's there's really no mm-hmm. accident that you know how his brain is designed to give him a certain kind of life, right? So there is a reflection of our brains out in physical reality. So I see the level of depth and thinking that happens, uh, you know, and it's not only like thinking as a kind of passive activity like having thoughts like the weather's bad but it's very much a active phenomenon where you're actually generating new thoughts thoughts that you've actually never had before so that new functional connections get made in in your brain and the neural network that you're actually building um and and designing you know building and and developing you know for for you know, so with that in mind, it's for me, uh, you know, if I were to kind of go out into the world without doing the work on on my own brain development, mm-hmm. I mean, I would fall flat on my face. You know, I mean, I, there wouldn't be any capacity there to um, externalize what I have been internalizing within my own thoughts. And so it, it's really like, uh, it's a developmental process, G, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and I think that um, you, you, know, you, you do require a certain level of um, commitment, you know, like to really uh, go through the level of work that you need to go through to turn the um the intelligence that's there that's available the the potential for that intelligence to come online so once it comes online as a new network Mm -hmm. without really messing around and this is a key without really messing around with the network that you designed when you were a kid see a lot of time a lot of the times people spend incredible energy uh trying to fix the networks that they designed when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. We we simply leave that alone. I mean, there's nothing to fix there. It simply is the way it is, and 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 building the new network kind of like parallel, right? So there's a parallel neural network or a uh, that doesn't uh, you know that doesn't negate or invalidate what's been uh, built so far. Mm-hmm. And when you get to that point and you stop invalidating your past self and you know, certain decisions you've made, then you can begin to extend yourself. And this is the extension part of who you are as an organization out there. And then you can begin to code or program or design your organizational structure, including your vision. So you can give your organization 
uh, a future, like a final picture of what that organization can fulfill and actualize in the world. You can give your organization a mission, a promise that it makes to the community um, out in the world that you want to make an impact for. And that mission is both external. In other words, that mission communicates to the people out there in the world, that community of people, that group of people, you know, that could be a target market, for example, that it communicates to. But it also, the mission also is a promise to the people inside of your organizational structure. So mm-hmm. when you train your brain to take care of your own individual physical being, it's not only that you are taking care of your physical being for yourself when you're designing an organization, you're actually preparing for uh, taking care of a physical being of many, many individuals that are going to work with you in partnership to fulfill upon the uh, the development of the organization that you're creating to its full splendor, let's call it. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Right. And, and same thing with values. Like, and you know, so you, you design, you have your own personal values and then you extend those values to the organization. Same thing with culture. You know, we all born in a certain kind of cu- culture that has a certain set of codes. For the most part, we, we don't think about the culture that we were born into with any sort of conscious awareness. We, you know, it simply kind of happens. Uh, you know, and, and the codes are, while they're very simple, they they govern our behavior. And um, so, when you start to get to be really aware of how you can design new culture codes to give you a different kind of experience as a human being, not invalidating the past culture codes, of course, you know that you were born into. Um, a good example could be, you know, I was born in Poland. And uh, in Poland, uh, one of the culture codes when I was growing up is, uh, you know, parents, you know, discipline their kids when they do something that they don't agree with, right? Mm -hmm. So they just, you know, take out the belt and whack you in the butt, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the code is, you know, uh, you know, punish your kids if they don't behave, you know, and, um, there's plenty of other codes. Some of them are, you know, some of them are very useful, right? Um, you know, be uh, kind to your guests, right? So some codes you may want to keep, but other codes you may want to, uh, you know, put in a pause button or simply disable and turn something else on. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're creating organization today, um, how you train yourself and your brain, and then you design an extension of yourself out in the world it is it's so fundamental to what that organization will how that organization will actually operate and behave out in the world uh that it's you know if if you really come down to like the core kernel of the whole thing it, it's it's really if you don't do the thinking then there'll be gaping holes there'll be these giant kind of uh, you know, components that will not enable you to really produce the kind of results that you want, you know, and the other aspect to it is words. And, 
you know, how we use words and, and how we speak words. And, and for the most part, again, you know, we don't really study the words we speak. And, and mostly when it comes to brain training, there, there really isn't much out there in terms of giving people the distinction or the discernment between social definitions for words. So in other words, you know, what allows us to talk about something mm-hmm. um, versus operational definitions for words, which allows you to operate with a word. So in a simple sense, it's like saying uh, relating to uh, money as a noun, like a thing, and then saying, mm-hmm. well, I don't have enough money to relating to money as a verb operationally and saying, well, I want X and I will produce Y so that I have what I require to get what I truly want. So it's a Mm -hmm. very different relationship that one creates with language when you are conscious and self-aware so that you can operate your physicalness, you know, and move that physicalness from point A to point B inside of time and space. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. are really your own avatar uh, on these on this kind of video game of life, you could call it. And when you get control over three things, you know, there's, we, we say you can truly control three things. You can control your breath. Mm-hmm. Through control uh, your breath, you can design your own neural networks. It's not just about the... Uh, you know, exchange of gases with your breath. You know, your breath is quite literally like a remote control for your brain and designing a memory architecture for how your your brain actually stores uh, information, how it processes information. And it's all done because through the activation of gamma brain waves. And, And that's really extraordinary, you know, to be able to have full control of one's breath and and then having like a smooth, what we call a smooth brainwave signature. And, and so that's one thing you can, can have full control over. The other mm-hmm. thing you have control over is movement. You have mm. full control over your movement. Now, if you get trained by, let's say, like a master martial artist on how to move, you know, you're going to be like, that's going to be very amazing because you, you're going to learn how to make how to make move your physical body in such a way as to use the least amount of effort to produce the greatest amount of impact, right? Mm-hmm. Least amount of effort, greatest amount of impact. A good example of that could be uh, the one inch punch by Bruce Lee, which a lot of people have seen on YouTube. You know, it's like, he's a standing there, one inch, bam. And you know, the guy's just like knocked out and he was interviewed afterwards and uh, you know, I said that he was aching for about another seven days after that punch. <laughs> but you have full control over that. And because what I said earlier about the um, your your movements being a reflection of your mental and emotional activity in your brain, if you can control your movements, you can control your mental and emotional activity. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, what's amazing, though, is that it's not actually because of behavioral biometrics. What we discovered is that you don't actually need to become a martial artist 
to control your mental and emotional activity. You may need to be able to write 30 minutes a day in a very specific ways, certain letters and words that can then send new instructions to your subconscious, thus providing you with uh, a greater ease and overall increase in satisfaction and happiness and joy in your day-to-day -day living, you know, what we would call a qualitative shift. So that's two, you know, you can control your movement. So you got breath control, movement control. And then mm -hmm. third thing is what I'm utilizing now, which is our mouth, mouth control mm -hmm. is our ability to create reality with how we speak. So I'll give you an example. I was uh, just with a client and he said, if I close this deal, then I will give you X, Y, Z. And I said, no, there is no if. You, uh, the moment you give an if then, you're, you're creating an out. So that will then create conditions that will not fully allow you to commit to what it is that you're working on. So we, we set it in a new way. You know, as I'm producing X result, then uh, what that gives me the opportunity to do is the following things. I, I can do X, I can do Y, I can do Z, and, and so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. so, so it was a, a, a very subtle yet very powerful uh, way of saying something from a position of, well, maybe if to... No, as I'm actually doing that, then, you know, the, here's what I'll actually end up doing. So it's more, it's declarative. So learning how to use language in a declarative sense, being bold, going mm -hmm. after what you truly want and having that language instantly give you access to the immediacy of that happening. Uh, that's you, in total, you have control over that because you can stop talking. You can start saying new things. You can stop moving. You can start moving in a new way. And of course, you can, well, if you stop breathing for too long, we don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> don't try this at home, okay? <laughs> Keep breathing, people. Now, you do take 21,600 breaths a day, give or take, right? And, and so that's at rest. And uh, obviously, some of that time you sleep. So you probably have 14,400 or so uh, opportunities to control your breath while you're awake. Out of that, mm -hmm. how much do you really need to control to really kind of get the kind of control that you're looking for? And when I use the word control, I really am saying the, the ability to stop something, uh, somehow change something about whatever you're stopping, and then, mm -hmm. and then restart it again. So, you know, I'm using it in a very operational kind of sense, um, you know, like going into a car and I'm controlling the steering wheel. It's like if you want to go left, obviously, you're going to put your hands on the steering wheel and, and turn the steering wheel to the left. So you go left. Right. So so that way you can actually fulfill upon, you know, getting to your destination. Mm hmm. So it's really about that. And as soon as you, uh, so, you know, what you were saying earlier about like, is there uh, and like, is there there's something else come online? Like if you control those three things, oh yeah. 
Absolutely. If you have three systems that you have total control over, your breath, your ability to move, and and your ability to speak new things, you know, say new things, and, mm-hmm. and really kind of parse your language so that your language is in alignment with precisely with what you want. And that that's really powerful. I mean, you are now utilizing three, the, the, you can't control, like, I mean, here's the thing, you can't, uh, especially now, you know, a lot of, a lot of us are reacting to the external environment going, ah, and however, however that's going for you. You know, some of us are disassociated, some of us are kind of numb by it, some of us are reacting to it, some of us are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doesn't bother us or whatever uh, situation you're in. But the moment you uh, train your brain to control the three things that you have full control over, yeah, you're in the driver's seat. Y- you now are you are now self-governing, you are self-directing, you uh, you get to be the executive in a, in a sense of setting the direction for your life. You are responsible. You know, in other words, you have the ability to respond to three things you have truly uh, control over. You know, your mm-hmm. ability to breathe, which is your life force, connecting with one's your life force, which gives you access to the platform or the you know the game of life. And through movement, you get to then you know move on that game board. You know, the platform of life. And through words, you get to. Um, especially as you learn to make those words operational and not only social, so you get to talk about things, but actually make them happen in reality. So you convert your words from noun into verbs. Now you're in a completely different arena. You are, uh, you have been restored to your ability to be a creative being and that capacity to be a creative being is your birthright. It's your birthright, and but you have to claim it. No one's gonna give it to you. Uh, people are not gonna advertise it. You know, it's not gonna be like, "Hey, your birthright is to be a creative being." <laughs> and yeah. No yeah. advertisement ever, right? <laughs> yeah. Because you know, if you control those three things, well, number one, you need far less things, right? You realize uh, you actually don't need all that much. You you can actually be quite content with very little. Um, So you spend less on consumer products and start to focus more on creating value. So you get to uh, be someone that as you create value and sometimes even invent value. And the distinction between invention and creation is that an invention is creating something for the first time. In other words, something that hasn't been created before. Mm-hmm. Right. And so in value invention and you get to, um, you know, be a value creator and you create more value than you consume. Who you are is wealthy. And you have a wealth of time. So, you know, time doesn't have you. Time is not a noun for you. It's not like I don't have time. You know, who took it? You know, was it the time monster? You know, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, 
when, when time when you relate to time as a verb, you know, mm-hmm. you are now in action, proactive. You're performing without stress. Think about that. And you're you're, you know, if you keep going, you'll experience higher levels than that. But performing without stress is, I mean, for most people would be like a miracle. And and that's what actually is, you know, is possible when you um, you know, you start to kind of link these systems into a unified whole, an integrative whole. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking about uh, certain sequences that you do with your breath. Uh, as a foundation, there's really three, and those three unlock many more what we call breath Legos. Uh, mm-hmm. so you can think of, you know, if you've ever played with Lego when you were a kid, you know, I mean, how many combinations there are with Lego blocks, you know? I mean, you get the box and it says, hey, build this. And then you're like, I don't want to build the thing that's on the box. I want to see what else I can build with this, the, all these blocks, right? Yep, yep. So what happens with, you know, as you start to learn breath control, and what we call our system is activated breath. And what it produces is brain activated intelligence we call it by bai mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so and, and there's two components to that because brain activated intelligence is uh, a combination of the biometric activated intelligence and the brain activated intelligence so for short we like to say bye bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm going bye bye <laughs> and it's unlimited like once you once you you know practice them long enough you are not uh at the effect of whatever the environment's doing you are now present aware and and i think that's i think that's what we're here for i mean i don't Mm -hmm. multi-generational patterns and keep causing chaos unconsciously simply because we do not give ourselves permission to train our brains with i mean relatively simple systems i mean there is an investment to all of it there's an invest some investment of money some investment of time um however you know the output of what it ends up producing is so extraordinary that uh for me anyway when i look at the whole thing i'm like man this is totally worth it (laughs) yeah right yeah my yeah my god that was that was it that was incredible thank you that was such a um i don't know if i want to call that a roller coaster it was it was more like uh it was a nice ride thank you i i felt like you you took us on a ride there and i was with you and i really enjoyed that and there were so many key key points that you brought up that are just so valuable and uh so simple so very simple like these these solutions are so simple like uh you know, that's, shifting the to, that's the thing yeah yeah gee you know it's like this the simpler something is the more powerful it is the more complex something is the more less power it has mm-hmm. the human yeah. mind is designed to get trapped in complexity when the, the human mind gets trapped in complexity when it doesn't have enough processing power 
to see the simplicity in things. Mm-hmm. And then we rationalize, justify, get stuck in this complex, it will be referred to as a complexity trap. And when you add processing power to your brain, those complex things simplify. The simpler it is, the more powerful it is. And power is the way we say it operationally is simply energy that flows in a system. So if there has been one region of your brain that hasn't been flowing energy to another region of your brain, and you've essentially created a dam, then mm -hmm. there's no power there because the energy is not flowing from one region to the next. Well, you know, if you perform a very simple practice to initiate, reinitiate that flow, now all of a sudden energy is going to flow from one system to the other, and it's going to make a functional connection. The moment it makes a functional connection, the power is back online, and it's extraordinary. You're like, wow, I've been missing a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I didn't realize that this and that was happening because, you know, a, literally a part of your brain just simply just shut down because there was no power, operationally speaking, moving from one mm -hmm. area to the next. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. What do you think, uh, like in your experience, I imagine you've worked with many different people yeah. um, in your work. What do you think are sort of the, the main causes of uh, the power? Um, disconnect happening in different areas of the brain for different people. Are are there themes that you've noticed? Resistance. Mm. You see, uh, human beings are the only species or being in the physical universe, as far as we know, that can resist life the way it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We yeah. have the capacity, like a rock or a dog doesn't know how to resist life. Mm-hmm. Hey, dog, don't chase this stick. The dog's like, heck with that, man. I'm chasing the stick. <laughs> right? I mean, it just does that, right? Human beings have the capacity to create resistance. So, you, you know, different situations, different conditions, different events happen to everybody. But at the end of the day, everyone categorically creates resistance to something that happened. And we say... It shouldn't have happened that way, G. It should have happened another way. I can't believe it happened that way. And we get stuck with it. And we create a narrative. We create a story. And we identify people in the storyline. And we say, you know, they did it. See how they did that. And it's out there. And, and then now you're living essentially in what we call the given reality. And there's no awareness of time and space there. So you're not aware that you're inside of time and space. So mm -hmm. you try to force things uh, you know, in your life to happen, but the forcing of it resets your loops, you know, your, your ability to um, make something happen so everything slows down and you just kind of get into this uh we call it technically brainwave congestion oh uh, you can think about it like as a foggy foggy brain you wake up tired you know you're resigned you're cynical nothing's possible all of that is a function of how you've trained your brain and the level of resistance you have in it mm -hmm. 
So, and then when, when you're that way, you skip steps to try to get to the result and reality seems hard, stuck and fixed, and you have a very low capacity to deal with uncertainty. And, and, and then, you know, you turn on the news and it's like, they tell you, oh, be afraid. Be, this, is, this is scary. So instantly your brain goes, I have low capacity to deal with uncertainty. And everything begins to reverse. And then the resistance increases, stress increases, anxiety increases, worry, and all those things that we deal with as human beings. So now is the time to get that you have a machine, a physical being, and you know, and you have a mental being, you have an emotional being. Um, and if you use systems to uh that you practice very simple very simple things you can fundamentally get control back and now navigate i think that was the word you used right mm-hmm. yeah so now you can you have na- your navigational control back and mm-hmm. for beings navigation can look like you know handling the past making amends about your past letting go of stuff that's not serving you in this moment and being who you are now uh, in this moment rather than who you were when you were five or 10 or 15 or however many years back into the future. You know, it's mm-hmm. useful for you to be now who you are now, not bringing back and replaying past version of yourself because that's, that's no benefit. But if your brain isn't trained, you're not even going to know that you're doing that because you're not going to be able to catch it because your brain is still fairly, it's, it's, it's quick. It's fast, you know, in the sense of the amount of time that it takes your brain to uh, respond to a situation or, um, or react. So, you know, you don't have much time, less, less than a second, far less than a second. Mm -hmm. So on that note, um, if you take look at yourself as this player on a game board of life and you recognize mm-hmm. that there's a process in time mm-hmm. and you can uh, enable this power flow within yourself, starting with your brain by practicing breath, uh, starting with your movement by opening up certain valves that uh, retrain your subconscious and um, and saying new things, practicing saying new things, studying the words that you've been using and, and, and creating new things to say, whatever they may be, you know, simply saying new things and having the recognition that you live in time and space. Now reality is fluid and malleable. Mm-hmm. So now you have a high capacity to deal with uncertainty. Now you are you are enabling yourself to go from this like inactive, resistant, unreliable, and lack of present state to someone who demonstrates having like the willingness to do what it takes, you know, like this kind of like uh get to itness, you know, like, let's get to it. Let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And at the same time, accepting your limitations, accepting that, Hey, I have a physical body in time and space. 
uh, you know, I can't fly with it, at least not yet. So I'm going to accept that as a limitation. Uh, you know, I have to sleep. I have to take care of this physical being. Otherwise, it's not going to work so well for me if I, you know, input all kinds of toxic materials and, and things that don't work for it. You know, mm -hmm. that makes its job much harder. So if I accept my limitations and now I respond, I have a high level of responsiveness to the environment the way that it is. Uh, and I don't make the environment wrong. Now I'm able to develop power to translate my words into results in physical reality. And that's really what's available here. And, and when you have that, I mean, what, 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 what words do you want to translate into results into physical reality? That's up to you. You're the creative being with creative capacities and you can create that reality for yourself. And it requires having a conversation as simple as that, you know, uh, it may require multiple conversations. That's for sure. You know, until it becomes clear for you what those words are and how, <clears throat> and how you want to, what the results are that you want to, um, uh, produce in physical reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I, 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 you know, my feelings are that this is such a, such a powerful and effective perspective to carry um in life and uh i i mean i wish i wish more people were aware of this perspective i i honestly think th this could benefit so many people and i just like i i was thinking to myself i'm I, like i just want at least a million people to hear this episode it's it, just you know a million people that have you know no idea that this is uh this is a possible you know, like a, a, a way to move through life, a way to approach life, uh, a way to live it. Like it, it's a toolkit that uh, it can just be so, so incredibly effective. And I truly do believe that. So that's what I'm thinking over here, listening to you. I'm thinking, man, I, I just, I just wish more people could hear this. Um, Perfect. This I mean, we know. It's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> Yo, Jake, like, uh, that, I'm so inspired by what you just said. You know, it's so great. And I'm totally aligned with a million people. In fact, in our game, our, the game we're playing is 152 million plus. Get nice. Get access to these systems in this conversation. I love so, it. So I love it. I love it too. And, you know, and having you partner and boldly declare, you know, a million people is now I'm kind of like, wow, I have a partner in, in this game. And I, you know, and that's what really gets me up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah. you know i cannot fulfill upon this on my own you know and creating mm -hmm. a network with other individuals on the network who are aligned you know have alignment on the big picture right um and and sharing you know the 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 what's actually available here is mm -hmm. is so huge i mean we, if we don't share it's like we don't care, you know. Mm -hmm. Sharing is really caring, and one it of the sure things, right, you know, <laughs> one of the things we teach people, like when we when we train executives, and and I and I run a program, business executive training, three times a year, and uh, what we train them in is inside of you know what is an executive, and we go into a lot of conversations about that, but one of the foundational and, and core conversations about it is that an executive is someone 
who cares about people in the future. Love it. Love that. Yeah. Right? An executive is concerned about the future and people's and having people's lives work out like they actually care. They're, you know, from a, you know, uh, you know, you could say that their heart, you know, their the the thing that you know beats in their chest actually feels, and they care about people in the future. So then, are able to design organizations that give people uh, the opportunity to win in the future. And of course that happens when now. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to how the future you just created, right? With the million people hearing this conversation, how it's gonna impact your podcast and how that future is now going to pull us into these uncharted networks and conversations and connections within this, uh, you know, within the next year, five years, 10 years, as, as we expand the network, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and, and to give people some access, you know, that we, uh, we have, all, you know, we, we started to build some access points into the network. So uh, we made them incredibly affordable for people. So breath activators is one of those things um, so that it creates that baseline foundation that you require um, to then move into uh, the movement-based behavioral biometrics and then refining your language. So if you're interested in into the, you know, basically clearing your neural networks of congestion and resistance and stress and anxiety, um, then my invitation to your audience is to come to an introduction with the breath activators and we can uh, share the link, um, you know, through, I, I suppose you're going to be posting this somewhere. So how's it going to mm -hmm. work? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we can go, you know, invite people to an intro. Uh, they can uh, sign up easily and uh, and find out how they can now, you know, begin to implement these systems that I just talked about. Mm -hmm. I and, love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it too. <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> All right. Um, before we wrap this up, I'd, I'd like to ask you, uh, A, if you have any final thoughts and B, um, we were talking about this a bit earlier, uh, internet 3.0 and then 4.0. Do you think that at some point these, um, organizations, um, these networks that we're building out over time, uh, do you see them, uh, developing their own consciousness at some point? Cause that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, wouldn't it be interesting if at some point the very systems, um, external systems and networks and things that we build, uh, together at some point consciousness starts to arise within them. And, and then you have, you know, a consciousness produced, um, by all of the, 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 you know, those values and, and the systems and the intentions that we put into it or whoever, you know, built those systems, um, there's a consciousness that will, will, you know, rise, um, arise from that. You want me to answer that? 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. Well, so you're asking if the system will, will be conscious. Mm -hmm. If you if you imagine that at some point in the future, so mm -hmm. there is a system already, and it's already conscious. Mm -hmm. It's simply that you, we not we may not be able to see it yet because of our own personal filter for how we look at the world through the filter that we develop. One of the things that I've noticed is that there is a system there. What I've also noticed is that collectively as a species, human beings mm -hmm. yeah. lack the integrative, unified processing power to impact the system so that it gives us a qualitative shift in our experience of living as a species. However, having said that, this time right now is a momentous time in our development and, um, and our ability to as a group, so, uh, and as a group, we can create without loss of individuality. So we're actually talking about something extraordinary that hasn't happened in historically, because historically there has been a conflict between the individual and the organization. Mm. Either the individual is you know, repressed or suppressed by the organization or on the flip side of the coin, you know, then that individual rebels and is in opposition to the organization that they belong to. In both scenarios, we do not have a favorable outcome. And it really is amazing when, and this is the direction, you know, that where we're going is having individuals really uh, get the experience for themselves that they are whole and complete for themselves. There's nothing to fix about them. There's things to enhance. You know, there's, there's things to enhance. There's things to activate. Like you can activate, you know, your intelligence with breath. You can activate your, you know, uh, an updated, upgraded biometric movements, which then will refine how your mental and emotional pathways work. There's certainly um, a, an opportunity to say new things and with directly with respect to one's future. Now, when you have human beings like that, individuals who can stand on their own two feet without creating conflicts with organizations, the systems that are empowering and running the organization can now be harmonious. You can have harmonious organizational systems running. So like I said in the beginning of this conversation, there is a system running already. And what's missing is true, conscious human beings 
that do not get do not lose their individuality within the organization, like get eaten up by the organization because they forgot who they are. Mm-hmm. You can only be eaten up by an organization when you forget. And how do you forget? You create a lot of resistance, a lot of brainwave congestion, and then you go and, and you have a bunch of conflicts in your brain that are unsolved, thereby dropping your processing power. When you clear all that brainwave congestion, you can go back into the organization and upgrade it. No one is stopping us from upgrading the systems that we were born into. And when we do upgrade it, how we behave is how the system will respond to us. So if we're unaware and unconscious, the system will attempt to control us and do all these things. If we're conscious and aware, then the system will respond accordingly and give us the things that we're looking for, more of the things that we're actually looking for. Expressing oneself and and being at ease. But that means going to work, going to work on your own individual abilities so that when uh, the event uh, called, some people call it a singularity, where there is a processing power that apparently exceeds you know, human processing power on Earth, from my mm-hmm. point of view, it will be equivalent. It will be an equivalent amount of processing power because human beings have the capacity to invent capacities. In other words, we have the ability to invent processing power that wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Right? So, mm-hmm. so when the systems come, so it's really now up to us, really, you know, it's really uh, up to us to take on the, the practices and you, I, you know, you do it, then you get the benefit. You don't do it, then you don't get the benefit. Yeah. Now, yeah. you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's things you can control. No one's going to breathe for you. No one's going to say new things for you. No one's going to move you. Right? Like, uh, no, like no one's going to, like, refine your own movements for you. That is what you control. And the more you focus your energy and attention, on those things, then when the time comes, give or take around 2040, 2045, and the systems develop their own level of consciousness to a whole new degree, in other words, Internet 2.0, which is the current Facebook, Googles, etc. right now there's Web3 coming online. Web3 infrastructure is permissionless, it's decentralized, it's censorship resistant, infrastructure it's secure it's private you maintain data sovereignty on non-custodial applications in other words um you know we're moving into a tokenized world where your time your energy and attention will be rewarded on these networks imagine if you went on facebook or uh youtube and for every video you watch you got paid Mm -hmm. right 
you'd, you'd be sitting on like bank right now. You'd be like, man, I'm sweet. I'm good, right? Because all that time we've spent on Web 2.0 infrastructure, uh, we actually, you know, I mean, while some content creators did get paid, uh, the average user did not. On Web 3.0 infrastructure, uh, we're going to have interoperability between hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of blockchains um, and, not, and networks operating harmoniously and integrating into a new unified whole, a new integrated whole as a system. That is right now in its nascent uh, initiating stages. It has, mm-hmm. it has its own new language to learn and its whole new kind of like, what is that? But just like in 1990, right, where you had the beginning of the internet and you had the boom, uh, like the, t- uh, you know, the 2000.com uh, boom and crash. Mm-hmm. This decade, as Web 3.0 infrastructure goes forward, again, I don't have a, you know, a ball into the future. But I'm kind of guessing that, you know, there's going to be a boom and and some kind of a crash. And then, you know, and then in the 30s, 2030s, when, is when you're going to have the development of those major players on web mm-hmm. infrastructure. And this decade will be this like wild, wild west of web, web 3.0 development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh you know history does repeat itself, so it it'll be, it it it's definitely going to be an interesting little while, and and I'm excited for it. It's gonna be fun, gonna be fun to watch it all unfold. Um, thank you so much for uh, such a great conversation. You you had so much to share, and I uh, I I was really enjoying that. I I I felt like. Um, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. I just felt like I, I was on a ride and I didn't want to get off and I didn't want to interrupt, you know, because I, I wanted you to, you know, continue to take us on the ride. Um, so I'm, I'm glad, I'm grateful that you, um, took that on and, and really, um, really guided the ship, if you will, um, for this conversation, because I, I certainly enjoyed I enjoyed the experience. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I'm so, well, what I'd like to say is that I'm, I'm really, thank you for giving the, me the opportunity and the space, you know, because one of the things you provide, G, is the space for me to express myself. And and mm-hmm. and it's it's really leaves me with this experience of being unabashed, you know, like just giving it, you know, like mm-hmm. fully, and I really want to acknowledge you for creating that and, and giving me that opportunity. And, 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 you know, I don't mean that lightly. I, I think that's, it's really phenomenal that you're able to create that kind of space so that I can uh, really say what's there for me to say. So thank you. Yeah, you're, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. And thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure. Um, yeah, I mean, you're welcome to come back anytime, please. Uh, oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I, I will I will go for that ride anytime. <laughs> All right, sweet. So on the one last note, um, mm-hmm. I did mention that we do have introductions to, you know, to learning about activated breath. So if you go to a link, bit, 
dot ly forward slash de-stress with breath. So dot ly forward slash de-stress with breath. It will take you to a registration page for um, our next um, our next introduction, which was in February uh, on February thirteenth nice. at ten thirty awesome. time. And uh, you know, for those listening, uh, we can continue our conversation there and get to work, you know, get to work on decongesting those neural networks. Awesome. Awesome. I will definitely add that in the show notes. It's bit.ly forward slash de-stress with breath. You got awesome. it. I got it. Yeah, I got it. I'm listening. I'm listening here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we've got ourselves a listener. oh man all right um (laughs) thank you julian uh once again and uh hopefully we'll we'll see you again um on the show you don't need to hope i'll be back and that was episode 26 of the glove podcast i'm your host gabrielle love thank you so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed that uh i that was maybe a little different uh, from what you're used to here on the glove podcast but i have to say i enjoyed every moment of that i enjoyed um you know being on that ride i i enjoyed listening to julian i enjoyed just just um to be honest i i really just enjoyed listening uh to everything he had to say i think that uh it was great and uh i certainly agree with a lot of the things he was saying well, what probably no i i agree with everything he was saying and um yeah i hope i hope you know uh, i hope for those of you that have never come across um uh, brain development or uh different methods that he um referenced i i hope that this is a a great introduction for you and i hope that you take a moment to uh, take a step further and kind of dive in a little bit i know that for me one of the um, one of these sort of uh, programs uh, i attended um, that julian facilitated was just uh, incredible it was uh, incredibly empowering incredibly profound and um, it, it you know to me it, it felt like the first time I you know had a psychedelic it was just completely mind-blowing and this is completely sober you know just just being at, at a at a course for a couple days and coming out of that uh, two-day event um feeling completely mind blown like like a like pandora's box 3.0 had been um you know blown open wide uh wide open and it like i i can't stress it enough it's definitely uh, a really really cool and effective perspective to carry and uh, a very effective toolkit um for operating um ourselves in life uh, operating our own brains and and then and then extending that out and creating um creating very effective organizations and networks or businesses whatever it is that you want to create um creating them uh in just a, a very powerful way uh, using those same methods and and you know coming from a place where you are um strong and and uh strongly rooted and grounded in in who you are 
And there's something really beautiful about that. So yeah, I mean, I, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and uh, I hope you have a look at uh, the work that he does and uh, who knows, maybe, maybe his vision aligns with yours. And, uh, you know, if that is the case, then I'm glad that this episode facilitated the introduction and the connection. And uh, that's really all I can hope for now is that this uh, brings together the people that uh, share these values and uh, share this vision and, um, and, you know, are ready, are ready to partner up, ready to co-create. Thanks again. Thanks again. Love you all. And we'll catch you on the next episode.